This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've been doing in our in our lives, in our midst. Lord, today we as we sit in your presence, Lord, we want you to minister unto us, Lord. There's no better voice that we've heard, no better teacher, no better friend than you. Today, Lord, we want to hear the teaching of the Holy Spirit, that we may be changed, we may be renewed, we may be cleansed and purified and purged by the washing of water. Thank you, Lord, that today we're going to experience cleansing because of the power of your word. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, today your people are, you're going to cause your people to respond to your word. Remind us, Lord, that it is the greatest song of worship, responding to your word. Help us to respond to your word right then and there, not to delay it, procrastinate it for a later time, but to respond right then and there at your word at your word, let your, let your people respond at your word. Thank you, Pa, for what you're going to do. Let your name be glorified in our midst, Lord. Amid uh, those who are watching us online, thank you for their participation and them being with us, Lord, on this journey. Pray that you'll minister to them as well, Lord. Let your word go out, go forth in power and settle things in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit has been teaching us on pursuit of purity in relationships. Man, last week we considered that our family relationships, especially that our marriages need, yes, purity and it, need, it requires our close attention. Say attention. I hope you've, you've made up your mind to give close attention to your marriage if you're, if you're a married person. And I, I hope the unmarried, those who want to be married in the next decade, yeah, let's stretch it like that. Those who are going to get married in the next decade, if the Lord does not, that's right. If the Lord tarries, that's how it is, yeah. Hallelujah. Listen, listen closely. Amen. Listen closely. See, a, a Christian does not have any excuses when it comes to relationships. Do you know that? You don't have any excuse when it comes to relationships. <laughs> Hallelujah. You read the Sermon on the Mount a few times. If at all you felt you had a few excuses, you will realize that everything is taken out. Everything is, you're, you're stripped of all excuses. When it comes to your relationship to others, you have no excuse. A Christian does not have excuses. We must learn to get rid of unnecessary distractions when it comes to relationships, especially our marriage. Our, our marriages must be decluttered by bringing it in alignment to God's word. And we are, let's not be like the world. Let's not be like the, the world which, which uh, like, you know, without any filter, without any check, just freely takes in whatever comes away and uh, you know, we hear of marriages being in shambles and this and that. But the church must set an example. Say example. We must set an example. You know, we cannot fail in this. We cannot fail in this. And the Lord wants to bless your marriage. The Lord wants to bless your marriage. Doesn't matter how long you've been married. The Lord wants to bless your marriage. Whether you've been married for three months, three years. 30 years, 50 years, 60 years, it doesn't matter how long you've been married. If the Lord wants to bless your marriage, He wants to revive your marriage. Say revive. And the Holy Spirit wants to speak life over your family. He wants to speak life over your family. Over every relationship within the family. So allow your marriage to be cleansed by God's word. Allow your relationships to to be cleansed by God's word. Allow your home. Say home. Say home. Say home sweet home. Allow your home to be cleansed by God's word. 
your your homes must be continually washed by not by not with that all that's a good thing but with the word the word must be ministered at in your homes man your conversations must be around the word of god hello are you listening do you have conversations like that or is it always the tv blaring loud in your homes the the 7 pm or 7:30 pm serial or news whatever it is is that are those things that are blaring loud in your homes or do you give space and make room for god's word to be declared and discussed and shared amen do you encourage your children to learn god's word do you do you push them to go have your quiet time push them pull them out of their beds hallelujah it's, it's everything needs say cleansing it's a good thing to keep us keeps keep ourselves cleansed man no i i like that uh, let's look go back to that scripture that we've been considering hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4 we've been looking at the area of marriage we're going to look at more things um as the lord leads hebrews 13 verse 4 talking about marriage marriage is to be held in marriage is to be held in okay i'm waiting for all of you to hebrews 13 verse 4 yeah marriage is to be held in every single person together marriage is to be held in on what time marriage is to be held in among all and the marriage bed is to be say undefiled it goes on to say for fornicators and adulterers god will judge Whew. a christian must keep marriage in say honor marriage is marriage ought not to be the the topic or the subject of your stupid jokes your spouse must be honored in word indeed with everything that you have honor say honor and the goes on to say the marriage bed is to be undefiled so the marriage bed is to be undefiled and goes on to say fornicators and adulterers god will judge if you don't know what fornication means fornication is the the sexual sin between two people who are not married and adultery is the the sexual sin outside of marriage fornicators and adulterers god will god will judge make no mistakes about it have no two way, two ways about it don't think maybe not no god will judge god will judge god is very serious about purity sexual purity god is very serious about it now we must we must in the the ever revolving world philosophy must not be entertained within the church good thoughts will not cleanse the church the church is cleansed only by the word the word is the real good thought amen that's the only thing that can cleanse your thought and give sanctity to your your thinking and sanity to your thinking so that that's why we must teach the word so teach the word we must preach the word address the issue immediately not later not some time some days later immediately you know i've had a uh, conversations with young people and they have revealed to me i'm not talking about anybody in the church but you know from people from different parts we have this conversations with young people who talk about how far things have gone with regards to their modern day church circles i've heard very many disturbing stories of how it has become a norm and an open secret in the church that how how some people are shamelessly sleeping around and are given over to adultery and fornication that's right in the church we're talking about within the church how far they've gone how far i'm talking about in the context of churches shamelessly without a without a 
the blink of an eye, without winking an eyelid. The 21st century Christianity has become very accommodative of these things. And it shows a departure from wisdom. Say wisdom. Now watering down the standards of God is not wisdom. It is foolishness. If you water down the standards of God, it is foolishness. It will not help. If you dilute the word, it will not. That's why it, it is self-destructive. It will destroy your own house. When we study the book of Proverbs, we see that how many sections of that book is wholly dedicated to applying wisdom so that the reader may prevent himself from the trap of adultery and fornication. When is the last time you read some Proverbs? When is the last time you read some of Proverbs? Do you know that there are sections within that book the wisest man who wrote that book, who lived on the face of the earth, second only to Christ, Solomon, he wrote in length about how to avoid the trap of adultery, the lure of fornication. Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 4. Say to wisdom, you are my, and call understanding your, say intimate friend. That they may keep you from an adulteress and from the foreigner with her words. The church must teach wisdom. Those raised in the church must be too smart. Say too smart. Hello, please help me on this. That those raised in the church must be too smart to fall into the trap of adultery and fornication. Are you raised in the church? You must be too smart. Because you've been given wisdom. You've been taught wisdom. The church must teach wisdom. And give understanding. Everyone in the church, church ought to say this. Wisdom is my sister. Understanding is my intimate friend. You've got to live like that. You've got to be smarter than the, the, the wisest of the enemy. When it comes to these kind of traps. And we must look at how the church has dealt with such issues in the first century. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read it together. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 onwards. It is actually reported that there is, say morality. It is actually reported that there is immorality among you and immorality of such a kind as does not even exist among the Gentiles that someone has his father's wife you have become arrogant and have not mourned instead so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. For I, on my part, though absent in my body but present in the spirit, have already judged him who has so committed this as though I were present. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, look at the, the emphasis on the name of Jesus, the power of our Lord Jesus. I have decided, let's read that for, verse for one more time. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. So that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Did you see that? Did you see that? Nobody's talking. Did you see that? And Paul is addressing an issue in the Corinthian church and he's, at a, from a, he's addressing it from a distance through a letter. And he's responding to a report which came to him about incest in the church. Such kind of a sin which is not even heard commonly in the world. And he's so upset about it. And is reprimanding and rebuking the church because they have not dealt with the issue. And he says, you have become so arrogant, say arrogant. And have not moaned instead. Do you know that if you don't respond and rebuke sin, it's your arrogance. It shows your spiritual arrogance as a leader, as a minister of the gospel. If you don't respond to the issue of sin within the church, 
when as and when you need to respond it is your spiritual arrogance if the church does not mourn and deal with sin within it is not grace it is spiritual arrogance if the church does not mourn and deal with sin it is not grace we say oh, such such grace such expression of grace it is not grace it is spiritual arrogance he goes on to say you should have removed such a person from your midst you should have removed him from your midst and paul says i am absent from you but nevertheless i have already judged the person i'm not i'm not there yet i have not come to you yet i'm still in i think he wrote this letter when he was still in ephesus he was in ephesus when he wrote this letter to the corinthian church and he's saying before i come even I, even as i'm absent in the body i've already judged the person i've already dealt with the issue because you showed no mourning there's no remorse I've already judged the person who has committed this act of incest and I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that look at this he has decided to give hand him over to Satan for the destruction of the of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of Christ now the church must be mindful of the person's spirit somebody talked to me this morning the church must be mindful of the salvation of the spirit sexual sin is one such area in which a person's spirit must be placed above his flesh for the sake of appeasing the flesh if you fail to rebuke him know that even his spirit is at stake somebody listen somebody listen every sin that is done in the body outside of the body but there's a sin that is done in the body which is that sin the sin of sexual impurity immorality adultery fornication it is much more grave than you think and you know, right from a very young age your children should be taught the perils the perils of fiddling with their sexual instincts i have decided to deliver such a one to satan for the destruction of his flesh i like the way how confident can a minister of god be he say he's saying in the by the power in the name of our lord jesus in the name of our lord jesus with the power of our lord jesus when you are assembled and i with you in spirit i have decided he did not even consult with them i have decided to deliver him to hand him over to satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of christ first corinthians 6 verse 18 or do you not know that the one who joins himself with a prostitute is one body with her for he says the two shall become one flesh but the one who joins himself with the lord is one spirit with him flee immorality every other sin that a man commits is outside the body but the immoral man sins against his own body your body is the temple of the holy spirit keep keep going the next verse verse 19 oh do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from god and that you're not your own the next time you take a look at yourself in the mirror you must realize you are not your own you're not your own that's why you cannot dress up any way you want that's why you cannot you know walk around any way you want you cannot you cannot because it, your body is not your own your body is a temple of the holy spirit who has been given to you says flee say flee flee morality what does it mean to flee flee means to run Huh? escape that's what it means flee means escape run for life run for cover don't flirt with it 
you know this is one area that you must not have any confidence you must have no confidence when it comes to this area to take it further you understand what i'm trying to tell you here don't try to push the limits we are in church you can respond nobody will judge you can you all smile it's a good topic it's a very relevant topic you might act like it's not at all relevant to you but i know it's very relevant to you amen because i am a man just like you hallelujah amen the church must be mindful of the salvation of a person's spirit if unchecked sin has the power not just to destroy the flesh but also the spirit so that's why when we sing songs that we declare that christ has triumphed over sin you must realize what it means he has triumphed over the power of sin to destroy that's why grave couldn't hold him we sang that today grave couldn't hold him why because sin could not have any effect on jesus christ is triumphed over sin is a victor over sin and grave and paul goes on to say you're glorifying is good you're glorifying you know that in the same in the same passage he goes on to say you're glorifying is good what are, what are they glorifying about what are they glorifying about they're glorifying that there is this issue and we were so considerate and full of love and empathy we did not judge the person what do you think they were glorifying about what else is there to glorify read that passage paul that, that you're boasting he, he says you you're boasting you are so arrogant you are so boastful about it instead of mourning you were so arrogant your glorifying is good do you not do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump so purge out the old leaven can you can you put it there your boasting is not good your glorifying is not good do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough so purge out the old leaven don't don't accommodate don't accommodate leaven don't accommodate it there is nothing to glory in for being accommodative of another brother's sin hello somebody responded this morning there is nothing to glory about for you being so accommodative about another brother's or another sister's sin it is an empty boast the bible says it's an empty boast now if you if you're the kind of person that says i always gave him company in spite of his adultery some of us glory like that in that you, you like that kind of a reputation that you were so full of love say love love that the church going sinner never felt uncomfortable around you somebody slap slap your face if you were to paraphrase that i always give company i always gave him company in spite of his adultery it, if you were to paraphrase that it it would go like this i watched him play with fire and get burned but was never bothered about it that's what it means you saw somebody indulging in in adultery you saw something somebody indulging in fornication you saw, saw somebody so deep in pornography you saw somebody lusting without any restraints you know that condition and you you did nothing about it you never bothered to help him or talk to him or advise him or rebuke him you just kept quiet and let him be comfortable in your presence you know what it means you saw him burn and did nothing about it whereas you and i are called to snatch people out of fire and in the church why do we have a different standard when a brother is going through such a situation you got to rebuke him his spirit is at stake 
if you know a brother a christian brother or a christian sister living in sexual immorality which are the likes of adultery fornication pornography homosexuality so on and so forth and you have access to that person's life do not waste your time call a spade a spade in all your love let that person know that he or she is playing with fire because sin is not a psychological condition sin is a spiritual condition and the church must not you know parrot the words or the, the philosophy of the world and say that this sin is a psychological condition it is a psychological disorder some people are born that way and this and that no all have sinned and have fallen short it's a spiritual condition fallen short of the spiritual standards of god that's right slaves that's right you either are a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness minister to such people in compassion with the power of the holy spirit but never pamper the sin in them do not pamper sin in other people's lives don't laugh about it don't joke about it if they are receptive and corrigible empower them with the knowledge of what can set them free with the knowledge of what christ has accomplished for them on the cross give them the truth which can set them free and teach them how they can walk in righteousness say so do not waste time tell your neighbor do not waste time now you all have such people in your lives you have access to such kind of people uh, and i like see let's look at verse 9 onwards it's it's very interesting how paul has went on constructing this um, this discussion verse 9 says i wrote you in my letter not to associate say not to associate with immoral people i did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world look at that i did not at all mean with the immoral people of the world you know some of you are feeling very safe because you don't visit a brothel that we don't visit a, a you know a bar or you know or a club for that matter you're so you're feeling so safe and you're saying okay you, I, i i don't associate with any immoral people but the, look at this here paul is making it very clear when i wrote to you by way of instruction not to associate with immoral people i did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous or and swindlers or with idolaters for then you would have to go out of the world if that's what the the instruction from the spirit was then none of us can live on the, in this world we'll all have to live outside of this world go to some other planet because the world is full of immoral people and covetous people and swindlers and idolaters and so on and so forth but he goes on to make it very clear but actually i wrote you not to associate say not to associate not to associate meaning not to mix that's what it means not to mix not to keep company with that's what it means with any so called brother says so called says so called in the church there are many so called brothers and so called sisters and this god who's building his church this jesus christ will deal with the so called he does not want the so called christian he wants real christians amen he that's why he gave his spirit to to live just like he lived amen I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he's an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler not even to eat with such a one Don't share a meal I hope you're feeling the heat this morning the Holy Spirit is already convicting you Do you know that your silence to a sinner in the church 
will push him further into hell the kind of kind of action we take towards the world you know when we when when say we are not associating with the immoral see the the bird and see look at this if you have a concern for those in the world you know what you'll do you'll go and preach to them that's what you'll do you'll go to them and preach to them that's what all the missionaries did that's what jesus did he hung out with he hung out with that's why he, we we call, we sing that song he's a friend of sinners he hung out with the sinners not so that they can remain as sinners but they can become saints that's the power of that company that's the power of that company you 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 come to jesus you you make him your friend he he makes you like him man that's why we run that when we when we see when he appears we know that we will see him and we will be like him do not even eat with such a one for what have i to do with judging outsiders hello stop judging outsiders the problem is the church has built a big boundary preventing the sinners of this world to come into the church they are desperate if you don't allow them to come in they are not going to come in they are not going to hear the gospel either you must go out and bring them in or you must open up the doors for them to come in and help them come out of their misery and their situations hallelujah for what i have to do with judging outsiders do you not judge those who are within the church but those who are outside god judges but remove the wicked man from among yourselves i like that in that verse 13 but those who are outside god judges in his time that's what it means those who are outside god will judge in his time but remove now you remove the wicked man from your from among yourselves now they see the corinthian church made the exact same mistake that many in the church would make today they applied this word holy on to such people who are in the world the immoral the covetous the swindlers the idolaters of this world but paul's instruction was not to stay away from them our concern for the sinner must be turned into an inspiration to preach the gospel to them reach out to them in love reach out to them with the power of the word let them know of the savior's love let them know of jesus christ give a tract if you can't speak give a tract if you can speak two words tell them jesus loves you if you can if you don't know anything else but you can pray just pray for them but do something to tell them that there is one who can set them free but regarding such people within the church paul is giving very clear instruction do not associate with the so called the so called there i mean even in the fessenbury church there were many so called brothers who was immoral or covetous or idolaters or revilers or drunkards or swindlers do not even eat with such a one what i have to do with judging outsiders see we are in that time we are in that hour where we must deal with issues within the church if we are in that hour when we must deal with things within for long the church has ignored the burning issues within and tried to fix up the world without that's what we have been doing now we are ignoring all the issues within like i said we are sweeping it under the rags we are pretending like everything is okay in the church no everything is not okay in the church he is building the church amen. building is still going on no building looks good when it is still being built amen it has to come to completion and when it has been completed it will be the church in all her glory i remember i have photographs of my house being constructed like a timeline you know from scratch slowly slowly the the structure comes in and then you know you you apply the 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 plastering and then you apply the putty and then you apply the you know 
the pain and then you finish it so every stage makes the house looks better more livable more desirable amen hallelujah that's how it is let's not continue with this convenient neglect of reality it's a very convenient neglect of reality if you are overlooking the issues within the church it's a convenient neglect of reality i mean people can have all kinds of reasons for neglecting issues within the church maybe you're dealing with that person who is supporting your ministry maybe you're dealing with very important people influential people in society who come to your church maybe you're dealing with people who 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 have who have connections with others in the church but if you keep quiet you are answerable to god huh that's you are making things worse a little leaven that's right a little leaven will leaven will leaven the whole dough whole lump that's right bad company corrupts it corrupts bad company corrupts it corrupts good morals a so called brother a so called sister love the fact that paul is using this prefix to describe the person in the church a so called brother living in sexual impurity will face the unavoidable question which he cannot avo- avoid you know what it is whether he or she was truly saved i know even as i'm speaking i there are a lot of names popping up in my head whether where are they truly saved where is the conviction where is the love for the lord where is the devotion unto christ was it just about the uh the club that's right the the uh, the fun of being together was it about the, you know just playing music together or maybe playing football together or having food together because perceivable sexual impurity in a person questions his salvation experience and the ongoing work of sanctification by the holy spirit if it's perceivable you can see that in a person and it's like what that guy is really saved she's really saved and how come she's living in in that kind of sin because the the holy spirit is at work within a believer sanctification is in process cleansing is in process you've been perfected in the spirit that cleansing is ongoing that sanctification is ongoing as you receive the word you're being changed you're being purged that's why the holy spirit is grieved the holy spirit is grieved the salvation is listen salvation is much more than the vocal profession of your faith if you're just vocally professing to be a christian and you think that's pretty much about it no you must profess your faith but to the heart the heart with the heart one has to believe and with the mouth he confesses just the mouth does not the power of the holy spirit sanctification is the evidence of our salvation ah oh, somebody say amen sanctification is the evidence of salvation that's right a tree shall be known by its fruit walking by the spirit and not carrying out the desires of the flesh that is the evidence of salvation when we walk by faith we will not allow the deeds of the flesh to manifest in us when we walk by faith say walk by faith it's all about faith you want to you want to overcome temptations it's a it's an act of faith when you walk by faith you will not give room you will not allow you will not give provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust you will not carry out the desires of the flesh when you walk in walk by the spirit when we walk by the spirit when we walk by faith you know what happens the spirit of the lord will manifest the fruit of the spirit 
and it'll, it'll manifest in you effortlessly. You don't have to do anything about it. Self-control is in on auto mode. Is it's your default mode? Self-control. Gentleness is your default mode. You don't have to struggle overcoming a temptation. You know why? Because you are allowing the Holy Spirit to engage with you and interact with you. Amen? The work of sanctification is ongoing. The righteousness of Christ is being revealed in and through you. Not by your efforts, not by your will, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you have submitted yourself to walking by the Spirit. You hunger and thirst for righteousness. The scripture is full of this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 down. Feel free to raise eyebrows when the church does not look so much like the church. And the church looks so much like the world. Feel free to raise your eyebrows. Feel free to ask questions. Huh? That's right. That's right. To mourn. Feel free to mourn. It, it must inspire mourning. When you see the church, the so-called church, doing things which are not church-like or Christ-like. And trying to imitate the world. Just because... Some leader in the church did something does not make it right. Just because a cool pastor did it does not make it. It is better to be cool in the eyes of God than to be cool in the eyes of the world. But I say, verse 16 onwards, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh set its desire against the spirit the spirit against the flesh and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please that's what the spirit will do in a believer's life the holy spirit has been given to you so that you will not do the things that you please because the spirit is the spirit is always at war opposition against the flesh and when you choose to go by the spirit you will not live you will not do the things your flesh will please the flesh is pleased by. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, say evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, decisions, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and the things like these of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, multiple forewarnings, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And the church said, Amen. but the, spirit of the, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no... Now to those who belong, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if a person is not walking in holiness, if a person's life is not showing the evidence that his flesh has been crucified with Christ, something is wrong. Something is wrong. To all the married people, listen to this. And all the ones who want to get married, okay, like he said, I'm forewarning you. I forewarned you. Okay? Like, likewise, I'm doing it. I'm giving you a forewarning. I'm giving you a foradvice. Purity will enrich your marriage. It will enrich you. You want to enjoy your marriage? Purity will enrich your marriage. Purity will guard your romance. It will enhance your vigor. It will keep you healthy. Your purity toward, in your marriage will keep your wife healthy, your spouse healthy, your husband healthy. Because you are somebody who pursues after purity. Your youthfulness will be renewed. Somebody say amen. Amen. Your, your, and say, purity will give longevity to your youthfulness. It will make you young longer. 
praise god for those who can understand this it will it'll give longevity to your youthfulness it'll keep you satisfied throughout in your marriage it will bless your children it will bless your children purity in your marriage will bless your children the honor the love and purity which you maintain in your marriage are the best textbooks premarital textbooks which you can give your children which will disarm the enemy it's suitable for all ages these lessons are suitable for all ages when you show purity in your marriage you are training up your child in the way he should go she should go they will not be able, nobody will be able to trick them into a foul relationship you know why because you maintain high standards of purity in your marriage somebody say amen, amen. hallelujah you have the honor the love the purity which you maintain these are lessons these are lessons to your children to live by celebrate the word in your homes and your and purity will thrive in there you and your whole family will be known for purity if you celebrate god's word if you if you esteem god's word highly if you regard god's word highly what takes the the center of your of your house what is the highlight of your home is it god's word is it god's word or something else or is it the name of your ancestors is it the family name what takes the center space of your of your family of your home if god's word is a center is on the center stage of your home your home will be known for purity that's right you will you will eat generations will eat its fruit generations will eat its fruit study the word and find out what the word says about marriage study the word and find out what the word says about parenting study the word and find out what the word says about childhood study the word and find out what the the word says about family and apply it in your own homes proverbs 22 and verse 6 Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not. The training must happen when he is a. Not after he turns twenty-five, and then you go to the pastor and say, "Pastor, even I don't know what to do." So what were you doing when he was five? What were you doing when he was ten or fifteen? Now, why is there at the age of twenty-five you come to your senses and you want somebody to help your child? it does not work like that if you're a christian you're responsible for your children you must train up a child in the way he or she should go it's a promise he will not depart she will not depart from it even when he or she is for 25 years you trusted the world to get him sorted all of a sudden you want the church to get involved for 25 years nobody saw your child in church some of them doesn't even know that you ever only when the marriage invitation comes oh you when you there no that's how some of you live because now it's a matter of their choice no it's not a matter of their choice when you have the power to do good do good to your children how do you do it enforce them to come to church drag them to church they don't have a choice in in my home they don't have a choice unless we tell them you can't come because of whatever reason they cannot they don't have a choice that's right it's a, training your child is a god given career without an option parenting is a god given career if you have children parenting is a god given career without any option Now train the the child as early as you can impart values when they are still small do not withhold the stick do not withhold the my children are all smiling 
What is Appa preaching today? Do not withhold the stick. Modern day parents, do not withhold the rod from your child. The pat on the butt will, with your palm will not do its work. You didn't hear that? Yes. It will not do its work. The pat on the... He did something wrong and you gave a pat on the butt. It will not work. It will feel like nice massage. Ah, nice. Give it one more time. You ought to use a stick when you got to use a stick. Man, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. We know children who are, who are raised up by strict parents with the road. And we can see them. We can see the evidences of godly parenting in them. He who spares his rod hates his. Uh-huh. But he who loves him, disciplines him. Said diligently. You love your child, you, you, you got to discipline the child diligently. Said diligently. Not rashly. Not any way you want to do it. Not impulsively, but diligently. Proverbs 23, 39, 14. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not. Oh, he will not. He will not die. Next verse. You shall strike him with the rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. That's what you do. Now I encourage you, parents. Start disciplining at an early age so that you can stop the use of... That's right. Because some of, your, some of them children cannot take the stick beyond a certain age. So if you're planning to start late, it's not going to happen. It's not going to help. It's only going to make them very uh, distressed and rebellious. But if you can start early, you don't have to use it for long. It's not so expensive also. I'm not the official brand ambassador of this equipment, but you'll find it. My, my, my kids used to uh, dislike shops. Yeah. So when we tell them we're going to the shop to buy something, they're like, no, 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 we don't want to go there. So we didn't figure out why. And then later when we asked them the reason, they said, that's where you buy the sticks from. said diligently. Your parenting must be a diligent affair. Diligently, diligently, diligently. Now don't be this, uh, this rash, impulsive father. You know, just take out the belt and just... No, don't be like that. Be very diligent about it. Seek the wisdom of God in disciplining your child. Full of self-control and love. You know, which father enjoys, which father in his right mind enjoys hurting his son. Nobody. But knowing it is for he who withholds his son hates. You know the fact. And but he who loves him, disciplines him diligently. The word is diligently. Now I bless you with the diligence to raise up your children. Diligence. You need diligence. Hallelujah. Can I talk to the children before I close? All the children. Say yes. Say yes, pastors. Children. Yes. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 onwards. That's right. This is the year of purity. This is the year of purity in our homes, in our churches, in our, in our workplace, in our ministry, in everything that we do. Purity. Yes. That's the standard. We will not fall short of it. We, we're going to pursue it with all our heart. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor. Say honor. So family is full of honor. Husband and wife, honor. Father and mother and children, honor. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Oh, beautiful. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. We want all the children in this church to live long. We want all the children, to, everything in, in your lives to go well. Listen to this, listen to this. We want things to go well with you. We want you to live long and healthy and strong. Amen? This is what the Bible says. Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with 
with a promise. Talk to your parents with respect, with honor. Just because you are born after 2001 doesn't make you any different. Just because your friends treat your parents in a certain way doesn't give you the license to treat your parents that way. You are a, you are a child of God. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment of the promise. So let me, it may be well, say well, and that you may live long on the earth. Honor your parents, honor your parents, honor your parents, honor your parents. Talk, give respect to your parents. Talk to them the way you are supposed to talk to them. Don't snap at your parents. Don't snap back at your parents. Don't talk back at your parents. Take correction. In submission, take correction. It will be good to you. Patch up with your parents. If you've done something wrong, you have to patch up with your parents. If you've done something wrong and you know that you've done something wrong, go to your parents. Don't wait for your dad and mom to come to you and ayyumone, kutta, mole. No, you go to your dad. That's a sign of repentance. Absolutely. Sign of repentance. And tell your dad sorry. Tell your mom sorry. Honor, that's honoring your parents, honoring your father, honoring your mother. Amen? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You must bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. You must give them time. You must give them attention. If you don't give them time and attention, you're provoking your child to anger. Are you with me? If you don't give your child time and attention which is due to that child, you're provoking him to anger. But you, you got to invest in disciplining and instructing the child in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you all smile? Are we all good? Amen. All the little children smile. They remind your parents, if, you don't have a, if, you, if your parents don't have a road back home, Remind your parents to buy one on the way. <laughs> Appa, that stick has broken long time back. You've not been using it for a while. If you, let's go to that shop. Fix me. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And there's a Christian families. Christian, Christian families. Christ-centered families. Christ-centered marriages. Christ-centered relationships. Amen. But everything about is about becoming purer and holier and better. Hallelujah. That, that, we may, that we may shine the brilliance of his glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give thanks. Father, thank you for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for the instruction of your word. Thank you, Lord, for your heart to bless us, Lord, to bless our marriages, to bless our homes, to bless our families to bless our children, to bless our relationships. May we be yielded and given unto you, Lord, that you may have, that you may fulfill your work in us, through us. We desire to see whole families, not dysfunctional families, but whole families, wholesome families, wholesome families, purposeful families, Wholesome marriages, wholesome relationships, pure, 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 pure. Let purity be the whole hallmark of our homes. May purity be the hallmark of our marriages. May, may we be transparent unto each other. I want, the, I want the husbands and the wives to stand up to your feet if you are. In fact, all the married people can stand up to your feet. The children can remain seated, but all the, the, the married people, please stand up to your feet. I want to take, take time. You, you might, your marriage might be doing superb. It might be going great. But the Lord is revealing his heart to us. The Lord is revealing his will to us. His express will for the church is sanctification, even concerning our marriages. And let there be such, such accountability. 
unto each other if you, if you if you married to a believing husband if you married to a believing wife especially if you married to a, a believing spouse there must be such accountability such accountability in your pursuit to purity hallelujah you know i i tell this to people who, uh, you know who who i have had the privilege of getting married getting them married i i tell this to them when they come come to us for uh, a time of just talking and just i tell them be transparent be transparent have no secrets between each other be transparent be transparent unlock everything between each other unlock it unlock it it's a, it's a sign of trust may your spouse have access to check your call history to go through your chats to search your phone not because the person is suspicious about something it's an accountability it's how you build accountability it's how you build accountability be accountable where you spend time how you spend time who you are with what you been talking what you been doing what you been up to be accountable commit yourself commit yourself to maintaining each other in high honor high honor honor say honor 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 your spouse in words and deeds honor your spouse with your mind honor your spouse with your words honor your spouse with your body honor give your spouse the best of who you are give the give the your spouse the best of who you are the very best invest 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 into into honoring your spouse invest invest be committed to making your spouse happy be committed to making your husband happy making your wife happy be committed in godly ways in godly ways be committed to cherishing and nourishing your wife be committed husbands be committed to cherishing and nourishing your wives be committed to celebrating your wife honoring with your strength with your abilities ask the lord to help you to give the best that you be able to give your best to your spouse hallelujah be given to appreciation i'm 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 just just flowing in the spirit this morning just putting the words that are flowing into me i'm just releasing it over you releasing it over you just be given over to given to appreciating appreciate appreciate your spouse appreciate be generous with appreciation and be generous with correction also be generous with correction also don't prevent correction from your spouse that's the first line of correction that god would use in your life yes even as the wife is is to be submitted to her own husband the wife still has the godly responsibility to correct in submission and in love you can correct your your husband in submission and in love in prayerfully prayerfully a wise be a wise wife a wise wife a wise wife a wise wife as the lord to give you wisdom and be a wise husband a wise husband wisdom may wisdom prevail in your marriages may purity prevail in your marriages
whatever is distracting you from your marriage keep it aside keep it aside whatever is distracting you from giving time to your marriage lay it down lay it down go slow on it hallelujah be mindful of your children be mindful of your your friends do not withhold correction where correction is due every so called brother every so called sister who needs correction and rebuke give it where it is due may Christ be glorified in all that he do thank you for have your way in our lives in our homes in our families in our marriages in our church let your name be glorified give you this time in jesus name we pray amen hello this is nisha dilipushi i'm sure this podcast has blessed you do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected may god bless you